Hi, this is Debbie Taylor Williams. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so glad you're here and pray the Lord will speak to you through this message. Today is who is the Holy Spirit? How can we get to a point to where we are able to discern his voice better? Have you ever thought to yourself, What should I do about moving to a different city? What should I do about raising this child? What should I do about my finances? What should I do, Lord, about even maybe joining a church or not? I hope there are some today here who uh, maybe are seekers. Perhaps you've never even committed your life to the Lord, and, and you're thinking about that, and we're so glad that you're here, and you may be thinking, should I commit my life to Christ? Some of you are thinking about retirement. So we have all these different kinds of decisions throughout our lives, decisions that we're always trying to make and we're trying to find the answers to and the question is we know that we can pray to God but does God really speak back have you ever wondered that is it my thought that I'm thinking or did God put that thought there may I see how many of your hands you've ever wondered if it was you thinking it or if it was God. And so I'm so excited today that we get to discuss how we can better discern his voice. So let's just go to the Father in prayer and ask his anointing on this time. I have to tell you something real funny, though, before we pray, because I I, I remember it. Uh, Larry was praying over us, and I mean, Pastor John was, and he mentioned something about how today we are just tools of the Lord. And I was reminded of how when my father went to speak one time at a church, he was a manager of a car dealership, and he had just recently come to know Christ. And he was on fire, that song, Light the Fire, he was on fire for the Lord, and he wanted to share Christ with everybody in the world. And he was at a church being invited in to come and share his testimony and how he had come to know Christ late in his life. And Pastor, you will really appreciate this. The pastor was praying over my daddy and the men who had accompanied him. And he said, and Lord, we know that even you can use crude tools. (laughs) So today I have to confess and tell you that I feel a little bit like a crude tool uh, bringing a message on God, the Holy Spirit, and he certainly can use crude tools. So let's go to the Father in prayer. Oh, Lord God, how we thank you that you sent Jesus to earth to show us how to live. And Father, he died for us to pay our sin debt on the cross. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Father, that he not only paid our debt on the cross, but then he rose from the grave. You brought him forth by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus told us he was going to send another like him, the helper, the Holy Spirit. And we are asking today that you, Father, would have the Holy Spirit just anoint every word that we read off the pages of your Bible. Father, anoint our ears to hear. Lord, as so often happened in the New Testament church, it tells us that the Holy Spirit fell upon everyone. Father, we just pray for a filling, for a falling, for an indwelling, for an empowering. Father, and for that one who might not even know you, that today they would even be baptized in your Holy Spirit as they confess you as Lord. We're excited, Lord, now to study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes we can hear things wrong or we can write things wrong. And I got tickled at one thing in particular that I read about somebody that was communicating about medical records. And they said in the medical records, imagine if you heard this, the medical records said... The patient refused autopsy. 
This one said, between you and me, a, a woman had gone to a specialist uh, to see a, an, because she was unable to get pregnant. And so two doctors were conferring. And he said, well, between you and me, we ought to be able to get this lady pregnant. <laughs> that would make you wonder. This physician reported these words. He said, on the second day, the knee was better. And on the third day, it disappeared. <laughs> makes you wonder, doesn't it? However, this one really makes you wonder. It says, she is numb from her toes down. <laughs> Not sure how we can get any further than the toes down. I like this one. If you've ever had teenage children, this one said, the patient has two teenage children, but no other abnormalities. <laughs> and this one said, the patient was alert and unresponsive. <laughs> alert and unresponsive. That's the question today for you and me. That might be the question that God would pose today to you and me. Are we alert? As we go through our day, we're alert, we're driving, we're cooking, we're doing business, we're alert. But are we unresponsive to the Spirit's promptings? How can we become more responsive to the Spirit's promptings? As we look today, we're going to see God's plan and purpose for us with the person of the Holy Spirit and how we can better discern his voice. Isaiah 55.3 says, incline your ear, incline your ear and come to me, listen that you may live, listen. Now, you have all received one of these handouts, and I encourage you as we go through our sessions today to record as we uh, discuss some of these points about the Holy Spirit and some of these scriptures, and you can even doodle around on different pages if you want to take other notes. But sometimes we hear something and then we forget it, so we want to pay very close attention today to what the Spirit is saying to us. And we see in Isaiah 55, 3 that there is a relationship whereby God wants us to Listen to him. The word listen means to attend to in this passage in Isaiah. In other words, it means God is calling and he's saying, give me your ear. Have you ever had someone say that to you? Hey, could you lend me your ear for a minute? Now, they don't want us to really take our ear off and give it to them, but what are they saying? I want to talk to you and I want you to listen. So this is what God is saying to us. He cares more than we just go through our messes alone. He cares more than we walk into dangerous spiritual situations, financial situations, any kind of situation. God is saying, give me your ear. Give me your ear. How many of you in here this morning would say, okay, God, I give you my ear. I'm giving you my ear. I'm here. I'm giving you my ear. It means pay attention. Listen to me. Not the flesh, not the world or Satan. And the reason... What is the reason that God says, give me your ear, give me your ear? Here it is, friends, that you may live. God is interested in you and me living life to its fullest, living what Jesus said in John 10 was the abundant life. Jesus warned and he said, this, the um, enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And friends, we see this, don't we? With ISIS, with terrorists. But our lovely Heavenly Father, who created this beautiful world and said it's good, 
He now knows that we are walking. And what Jesus said was under the, the world is under the rulership of Satan, under the enemy. But it, God is still saying, hey, that is not a problem. I have a way in, out, and through for you. Get in tune. Listen to me. And we know how this is possible, and it excites me as, as technology develops. OnStar, which is in cars, or you may have it on your phone, where you are able to map quest something, we are able to punch in something or punch a button, and all of a sudden, somebody knows right where we are, right? They know where we are. They, they know where we are going. They know if we're making a wrong turn. And I love it how so oftentimes Keith and I have gotten off course, and the person comes on and says, you have gotten off course. And then they ask this question, would you like directions to get back on course? And sometimes Keith and I have decided to maybe pull in and get something to eat, and so we really don't want other directions. And so we're both yelling at this invisible person saying, no, no, no. Would you like directions to get back on course? No, no. And trying to punch that button and figure out how to get it to turn off. Some of us have done that in our lives. We've started to marry someone that wasn't right, and God is giving us this little prompting in our heart saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not the person you should marry. Do you want directions to get back on course? And we're like, no, I'm going to ignore you. Or we start to purchase something, or we start to say something, or we start to have a critical spirit or be judgmental or whatever it might be, and, and the Holy Spirit is prompting and saying, I see where you are. I see the person you're interacting with. I see where you're headed and this is the prompting. And the reason is because he wants us to give him our ear, to pay attention to those promptings so that we will be safe. God wants you to be safe and sound. Live well. This is what this means, to live. It means to flourish, to flourish. As we look at this, we see God's plan is that we live and that we walk by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. This is how you are to walk, by the Spirit's prompting. Just like by OnStar, I would choose to turn here, to go left here. We have the ability and the opportunity because God has wired us as spiritual beings, not just physical beings, not just emotional beings, not just beings with brains and minds, but he has also wired us with a spirit. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us be made in God's image. He created us and wired us, ladies and gentlemen, so he can commune with us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it exciting to know that we have this? God speaks to us how? Well, Genesis 1, we see that he was involved in creation, and he spoke into the world, its existence. In Psalm 19, 1 through 2, and if you brought your Bibles, we'll be going through the scriptures together because this is, this is the word of God that we're learning. Psalms 9, 1, 10, and 2 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God. All we have to do is walk outside when we're discouraged. All we have to do is look up. How many of you saw the big full moon this morning? Where you up in time, isn't it? What, what is that saying? God is saying, I am glorious. I can keep everything spinning and in order. So when our lives seem like they're spinning out of control or our emotions are spinning, 
spinning down and spiraling down and it's just black. No, we look up and the heavens tell of the glory of God and his wonder. It says their expanse is declaring the work of his hand day to day, pour forth speech. So one way God speaks to us is through creations. Romans 1.20 even tells us, and we're going to be flipping all the way back and forth throughout the whole scriptures today. So if you have your Bibles, flip around in the Bibles, in your Bible with me. In Romans, I'm going to turn to it. In Romans 1.20, it says, I'm almost there. It says, for since the creation of the world, his, God's, invisible attributes. Everybody, are you listening up here? Has an attribute invisible? Or has an attribute visible? His invisible attributes. What is an attribute of God? His glory. What is an attribute of God? His purity. What is an attribute of God? His awesomeness. It says, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood, so that what has been made, so that they are without excuse. We also know from Hebrews 1 that it tells us that God speaks to us through the prophets. Hebrews 1, 1 says, God, after he spoke... Friends, there is something that is challenging for those of us who have been raised in the church or read the Bible a lot. You know what's challenging? We're not shocked when we read God after he spoke. We ought to just be saying, wow, God spoke. Wow, God spoke to the prophets to the fathers and the prophets. Friends, I think maybe what we just need is a little amazement. Do you agree? We just need a little amazement that God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Noah. God spoke to Abraham. Calling Abraham to go from point A on the earth to point B on the earth. God spoke to Noah saying something you have never seen is going to happen. It's called rain. And you're going to build a boat. I promise you, this word of God is telling you and me that God is still speaking and he is wanting to speak to every single person in this room about whatever it is going on in your life. He is the on star, able to see your today, your tomorrow. He is able to know what's going on in the mind of your partner, of your mother, of your brother, of your sister. Our best place to be in the whole world is smack dab in the middle of not being tuned into everything else, but having our earplugs tuned into right here, this word of God. And right there in prayer, being in communion with him. So we see that the scripture tells us that God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, verse 2 says, in these last days, he's spoken to us in his son. And we all know that, don't we? Through Jesus. He spoke to us in Jesus. Do you remember at the transfiguration and Peter, or yes, at the transfiguration, and Peter was wanting to build different tabernacles. And do you remember what God said? A voice came from heaven. And do you remember what the voice said? This is my son. Do you remember what he said then? You know it. This voice comes from heaven. And, and Peter's just wanting to 
do these things. A voice comes from heaven and says, listen to him. Listen to him. Now, if there are some of us in a quandary about certain situations to do, you get you a Bible and you that's got the red letters, and a good place to start would be to just read every red letter word because those are Jesus' words. And God said, listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. He took our stripes on his back. The least we could do is listen to him. Do you agree? So some of us may say, well, I just don't hear the Spirit like other people do. You have it right here, red letter edition. So we see this. We also see that what Jesus said then, because our charge now is to listen to Jesus, correct? God gave that command. So as we listen to Jesus, we're going to turn over to John because Jesus told us someone else that was going to, he was going to be transferring over an ability for us to listen to, and that is the Holy Spirit in John 14, 16. In John 14, 16, Jesus was preparing the disciples for him leaving, and he said to them, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. And that is the other helper that we're going to be talking about today, the person of the Holy Spirit. 31 points about the Holy Spirit. We're going to run through these. And one of the things that the Lord put on my heart this morning, there's supposed to be about 300 of you here this morning. And God zoomed my eyes to Judges 7-7, where Gideon had been praying and trying to determine, and God was asking him to put together a, a group of people that would go and fight the enemy. And, and God put together, and he finally said, it's going to be that 300. And pastor, this morning as I was preparing and I knew that there were close to 300 people being here, he impressed on my heart so strongly, Debbie, I've brought these 300. And there are people watching on simulcast too, so you on simulcast, maybe some of the 300. But he has handpicked those of you who are here today listening for divine work, spiritual battles, so take notes. When you leave here, share them with somebody. Start pouring your heart over them. First, we see the obvious that we know, but somebody else may not understand, is the Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity. We see this over and over. We see it if you uh, have studied uh, in Matthew 3 at Jesus' baptism. And I'm going to read some of these that may be familiar to you, but may not be familiar to someone else. In Matthew 3, 16 and 17, Jesus was baptized. And it said, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened up, and he saw... The Spirit of God descending as a dove. It does not say that a dove came down and landed on Jesus' shoulder. It said it descended as a dove. The Spirit descended as a dove. Lighting on him, behold, a voice out of the heavens said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Right there, friends, we've got God the Father talking. We have the son in the having come out of the baptismal waters drenched wet. And we have the Holy Spirit who has lighted on him, anointing him. All three right there. We need to listen to God the Father. We need to listen to God the Son. And we need to listen to God the Holy Spirit who is a huge way that God navigates through the promptings in our hearts today. 
The second point we want to see in John 14, 16 that Jesus says to us is that the Holy Spirit is he, not it. Sometimes you'll hear people referring to the Holy Spirit as it. The Holy Spirit is not it. The Holy Spirit is he. He has a will. He has a mind. He is a he. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Our third point that I'd like to make is that the Holy Spirit is, say it with me, Now, when we consider, and God has checked me a lot of times on this one, when we consider that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I have been ashamed at times at my my life, myself, embarrassed, ashamed, on my face before God, saying, I'm so sorry. Because I have taken him who is holy where I shouldn't have gone, or I've said things that should not be uttered. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We do well to remember it. Our fourth point is he is the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of Christ and God. So when we say, well, describe him to me, I don't really understand who he is. Well, he's the Spirit of Christ. We see this in Romans 8, 9. However, you, Paul is writing and he says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, capital S, if indeed the, okay, let's take off our old religion ears and let's hear it afresh. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. The spirit of God dwells in you. I'm sitting here looking at a room full of people in whom the spirit of God dwells. Friends, that is why we are to be kind to one another. That is why we are to honor one another. That is why we are to treat one another with dignity and kindness. That is why we are to be bow mouthpieces for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we are to tell other people. That is why we are to be unashamed that, yes, I am a Christian. And, yes, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. I'm sorry if you don't like to hear it. But it is the truth that I stand on. Friends, we need to be bold. And we need to be more and more increasingly bold is our world becomes more and more evil. Do you agree? Amen. He is the spirit of Christ and God. Number five, he is the spirit of truth. And friends, this is why it is so critical when you and I are going through this misdirectional mess where we're maybe falling into sin or we're getting wayward or we're thinking, well, I don't really need to go to church or I don't really need to forgive this person because of what they did to me. Hey, he is the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth says that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. That is the truth. That is the truth. So when he speaks and he prompts, forgive that person. When he speaks and he prompts, you need to tithe. When he speaks and he prompts, you need to love. When he speaks and he prompts, you need to close your mouth and not say that right now. He is telling the truth. And he is the one we need to listen to. In John 16, 8, we see that he convicts the world of righteousness and of judgment. Jesus is speaking, and these are Jesus' words. He, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And how many of you could say that you had felt that prompting 
that caused you to think, I'm a sinner. Were you ever in a sermon? How did you come to know Christ as your Savior? How many of you are Christians? How, how did you come to know Christ? Did you just decide to walk to the front of the church? Just of, of your, did you just decided? Did you, did you ever feel any guilt over sin? How many of you have ever felt any guilt over sin? That was the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of sin and righteousness and judgment. A seventh point we see about the Holy Spirit, he is sent from the Father in Christ's name. John 14, 26 tells us, Jesus is speaking and he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. God sent Jesus to earth, right? And so many of us just think, oh, that would have been so wonderful to have been on earth when Jesus was on earth. God, thank you for sending Jesus to the world. How often are we being mindful of the fact now God sent the Holy Spirit to the earth to walk amongst men? to indwell man. And are we as grateful? Are we, are we thinking, oh, I wish I could have lived back when Jesus walked on earth. Friends, we need to be saying, oh, I'm so grateful. I get to walk with the Holy Spirit here on earth. And not just over there, but in me. And I don't have to be like David who prayed, do not let your spirit depart from me because he had seen the spirit depart from Saul. Let that sink in. God sent the Holy Spirit to you, to me. The eighth point we see is that he regenerates, he renews us, he circumcises our hearts. Titus 3, 5 and Romans 2, 29 tell us, Back in the old days, the, the mark, the mark of one who was a Jew, they would be circumcised. It was a fleshly thing. It was done in their flesh. And the scriptures tell us now that the mark of us now is our hearts have been circumcised. We are different. There is a change. Who is the Holy Spirit? Our ninth point. He is richly poured out upon us baptizing us into one body. Look at that word that's used in Titus 3, 6 and 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says he is richly poured out upon us. Who is the Holy Spirit? Our 10th point, he hears and he speaks. John 16, 13 tells us, but he, the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you. Now friends, we need to do a little checkup. And at the end of today's session, you're going to be invited to come forward and get a little slip of paper off of the, off the table, the Lord's uh, table there where we so often come and, and we commune with him through the Lord's Supper, communion. But today is going to be different in the, on the Lord's table. You're going to come and he, if he has spoken in any form or fashion to you today, then you are going to come and you are going to commune in the sense that you're going to say, you're going to walk forward and you're just going to get a piece of paper and you're going to go back to your seat and you're going to write down how he has communed with you. You're going to do that to say, I have heard today from you, the Holy Spirit. 
and it tasted good and it tasted sweet and I want to write it down and I want to keep it here so I don't ever forget it. I have this moment, I have this time and I'm going to go forward listening more and more and more to you, Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Today is one of those days that he's guiding us into all truth. Today is one of the days he's doing this. Isn't this fun? He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So what are we told about the Holy Spirit in that verse? He hears. He hears God. He hears us. Does that kind of make you want to rethink some of the things we say, some of the things we do? He sees, he hears, he speaks, and he will disclose to you what is to come. We've already gone over this point. Number 11, I've mentioned it already. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, we see that he dwells in us. Paul is writing to the church, to believers, and he says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God? You are not your own. So everyone in here who claims the name of Jesus Christ as their Savior, you are sold out. You may not act like you're sold out, but friends, you are sold out because the scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says you were bought. You were bought just like a slave off the marketplace is the imagery here. Just like a slave would be enslaved to another master, perhaps a cruel master, but a master of the world. And someone would go and say, I want you, Nancy, I'm going to buy you off the slave market and you're going to come and you're going to live in my home and you're going to work for me and we will fellowship and I will take care of you. In the same way, God bought you. He bought me. I am not my own. You are not your own. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not your own. We have been bought. Where is the Holy Spirit? Where is the Holy Spirit? Is he floating around right now? Y'all, this just blows me away to think the Holy Spirit who hovered over the surface of the deep and created life. Yeah, I can't get my mind around it. Can you? I really cannot get my mind around it. The scripture makes no bones about it, though. He is in me. He is in you. It's all inspiring And I guarantee you this. It's not just for a future day. It's for right now also. He is like Jesus. Did you hear that in John 14, 16, when Jesus said that? He's like Jesus. So if you say, oh, I just wish I could just be with Jesus one day on earth, you have it. John 14, 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Another means just as the same, just like I am. While Jesus was on earth, he helped. Our 13th point is he seals us in Christ for our salvation, for the day of redemption. We are sealed. He bought us. He sealed us. We have the mark. We have the mark, the circumcision of our hearts. We are sealed. Who is the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 tells us he is the spirit of promise. He is a pledge of our inheritance. And this is one that I love so much because I think, oh, I wonder what heaven's going to be like. I wonder what heaven's going to be like. And then I have the most fun time with the Holy Spirit studying the Word of God or, or just in the prayer time or just getting excited together with Him about things that I see Him doing. He, he literally, literally guides our steps. He literally helps us know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. 
And friends, when we're walking by the Spirit, there is joy. Now, there is also seasons of sorrow and seasons of sadness. But Galatians 5, 20 and 23 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, and joy. Okay? God's purpose and plan is through the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You would have access to the throne room, to the knowledge, to the truth, to the conviction if, if we're walking in sin. We have this blessing that the Holy Spirit, our 15th point is he is with us forever. You may say, I'm alone. No, you're not. Our 16th point is he gives life to our mortal bodies. And boy, this life is the light the light of the life. It's, it's the life of all lives that he gives to us. Now, we want to look very quickly at the Holy Spirit's purpose because we see the Holy Spirit's purpose as we look at how we can discern his voice more clearly. John 16, 7 says that the Holy Spirit is advantageous in our lives. Would you just say that out loud with me? Now, how is the Holy Spirit been advantageous to you this last week? Would you just think for a moment, how has the Holy Spirit been advantageous to you this last week? If you're kind of drawing a blank, I would suggest you get a prayer journal or you get you a spiral and you start when you're having your prayer time, you start whether you sit or you kneel or whatever you do, You've got your pen, and you start recording. Just maybe it's one word. Decide about work. What to do. Kid. Whatever is on your heart, you write it down. It is so fun to even sit quietly and let the Holy Spirit prompt you on what to pray for. I remember one time in my morning prayer time, I was kneeling, and I have one column that I label family, and the Lord just prompted, the Holy Spirit prompted me to pray something regarding some family members and reaching out and being more close to one another. And do you know, I got up from my prayer time, and I went to my desk to, to be working and writing and, and preparing and studying, and do you know I was interrupted by a phone call from the family member who doesn't normally call, but was one with whom I was wanting us to grow in our closeness and in our relationship. And after she hung up, it was like the Holy Spirit did a little ding, 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 ding. And I was like, oh, Lord, you you're the one that prompted me to pray that. I wasn't even thinking about it. And you answered it. That was not a coincidence. Friends, when we pray or when we are sitting in God's presence in silence, giving him our ear, so he can talk to us. Oh, there are things that happen because prayer activates it stirs the heart of, of God who the scripture in Chronicles says he is looking throughout the whole earth for someone whose heart is his. And so we miss it when we are so wired, when we are so headphones on, when we are so got the radio on and we've got the TV on and we've got everything going and we neglect 
time every day to just be in his presence and then let him speak to us. Try it. You get you a journal. You get you your pen. You set aside time where you go and you say, Lord, every day, this is where I'm going to sit and I'm just going to meet with you. And I'm not even necessarily going to talk. I'm just going to be here, Lord. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You will be surprised. And then you can go back and you can highlight it and you can store it or you can write PTO for praise the Lord. And then when somebody asks you, how are things going this week for you? You can say, they are going great. You'll never believe what just happened. I've been praying about whether or not to go back to work. And do you know, I got a call that you, you would not believe what happened. I have received a horrible cancer diagnosis, but the Lord opened the door for us to get into MD Anderson next week. I've heard people say those things before. It is so fun. He is advantageous in our lives, Jesus says. John 16, 7, he is writing and he said, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And then he goes on talking I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. In John 16, 7, he says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus told the disciples it was to their advantage for him to go away. I would have been sitting there saying, no, it's not going to be to my advantage for you to go away. It may be your advantage, Jesus, for you to get back in heaven. But it is not going to be to my advantage. I can't walk on water without you. I can't heal without you. Jesus, no, it's not to my advantage for you to go away. Jesus looked him in the eyeball and said, it is to your advantage that I go away. Why? He said, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That make you happy? Does that make you happy? When Jesus walked on earth, he could maybe only be right here with this group of disciples, or then he'd have to get in a boat and he'd have to go over there to Galilee, and then he'd have to leave those people, and he'd have to go over to another place. But now it's advantageous because the Holy Spirit is right here with each one of us. We've already looked, and so many times you've heard me repeat the scriptures where it says, our 18th point, that the Holy Spirit is the helper. The 19th point that's probably important for us to understand, and all of this is being given to you about who the person of the Holy Spirit is so that we will have a greater awe, a greater appreciation, a greater knowledge of how he may be prompting, working. He's the helper, and one of the ways he helps us, he's advantageous. One of the ways he's advantageous is he is set against our carnality. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. He does not like it. Galatians 5.17 tells us this very clearly in no uncertain ways. He does not like my simple nature, my carnality, nor does he like you. Yours. <laughs> he likes you. doesn't like the simple carnality. In Galatians 5.16, he says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. How many times have you ever thought, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't want to do that. I did, I wish I, how many of you have ever just said, I just, but your flesh just kind of did it. 
Oh my goodness, my husband sees me every night. My body just without even thinking, I could just go like this to the pantry to get some Cheetos. I mean, my flesh doesn't even have to think about it or the, really more than that, dark chocolate. My flesh doesn't have to think about it. It's a no-brainer. My flesh just goes there. It just goes there and it's so happy. So happy, happy, happy until I can't fit in my clothes. And then and it's not so happy, happy, happy. Or my flesh, I just say what I want to say. And then my flesh, that wasn't really what I should have said. Outburst of anger, pornography, lustful thoughts. The Holy Spirit said against it. Verse 17 says, the flesh our body sets its desire against the spirit. Did you know that? Our flesh, our natural carnal self is set against the spirit. It's, it's what we were born with, this flesh, this body of flesh. And it says, for these are in opposition to one another so that you do not do the things that you please. The flesh is set against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh, the carnal nature. So when you and I are acting out, doing something that we know is displeasing to the Lord, something that is not in accordance with this scripture that does not line up with this, then we know that that is not pleasing to the Lord. 20th, who is the Holy Spirit? Oh, wow, this is what's so incredible. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to give you a couple more points before we leave for our break. Ephesians 5.18 Paul is writing, and he says in verse 17, actually, I'm going back up to verse 15. It says, verse 15 says, therefore, be careful. Be careful how you walk. This may be the Spirit speaking to you today through the Scriptures. Right here, right now, these words of caution. Be careful. Be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Conflict in the church, pettiness, bickering, argumentative, critical spirit, judgmental. Just always have to say that something that's being done, it wasn't done the right way. Critical spirit, rude. Be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Are you ready? It says next verse. Making the most of your time. Oh, got a text message yesterday from my sister, Linda. Linda McConaughey. She lives at, uh, down close to South Padre Island. And she is just my model, my role model. She's 15 years older than me. She's going to be 78 next uh, in March. Y'all can do the math. And she just, she just, I look at her and I'm like, Linda, because she'll say, Debbie, I just think you're not getting enough sleep, honey. Now, Debbie, uh, older sister talking to me, telling me to be careful. Now, Debbie, I just wish you wouldn't make a commitment to write another book unless you're really, really, really sure the Lord is telling you to because you're just working so hard, honey. And you've got those grandbabies. So, so my sister, Linda, is my accountability partner and she's the one. And then I look at her. And she just, with every breath that she has in her, she's making the most of the time. 
This text I got from her yesterday, she had just finished with the Stonecroft Bible study style show where they had invited uh, all the community in. Some might be believers, some might not be. Then she was going off to a Bible study and then she was preparing to go speak and teach somewhere in the Dallas area the first week in March, I mean, first weekend in February. She is making the most of her time. Y'all know Linda, don't you? Amen. She she could be 77, almost 78, and say, hey, I deserve retirement. I worked with those babies when I was younger. I worked with those preschoolers. Make the most of your time. Why? The scripture tells us the day is evil, and we have the opportunity to be his presence here on earth. Verse 16, make the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Friends, when I say those words to you to make the most of your time, that should not make you feel like, oh gosh, am I going to have to go volunteer for something at the church? No, no, not at all. It means you offer yourself to the good Lord Jesus Christ every morning as his servant because he's bought you and he's paid for your life and your eternity in heaven and sealed it for the day of redemption. And you just go before him and you say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because when we confess Jesus as Lord, he does the work of pouring out of pouring richly upon us the Holy Spirit who does not just flow on the outer portion, but it indwells us in our hearts, circumcising our hearts. But it is then our responsibility to choose to be filled. And friends, when we go around and we work in the nursery and we help with this person's finances and we go over there and we drive this person to the doctor and we write a letter and we send an encouraging email and we, friends, we get, we can get where we're not filled. The scripture would not say, be filled, if we were not able to get sometimes where we just felt empty. Or perhaps we had sin in in here in our lives. And if we've got sin in here in our lives, then this would not be fully filled with just pure, clean water or the pure, clean Holy Spirit if we've got sin in our lives. So when we have our time of response, how is God speaking to us? It may be to come to this altar and kneel and pray, Lord, fill me today with your Spirit. I confess this sin that I've been entertaining, that I've thought was private, but I realize now that really it took up a portion of my being, of my mind, of my heart, of my soul. If we want God to speak to us, then we need to be filled with his spirit. Verse 18 says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is a dissipation. That's a waste, but be filled with the spirit. I think we've talked about this before. But very quickly, we know that when we have the spirit of alcohol in our bodies to the point that it causes us to be drunk, we walk different. We may stumble. We may fall. We talk differently. If the spirit of alcohol has caused us to go into a state of drunkenness, we talk differently. We think differently. So the spirit of alcohol that Paul is referring here to in Ephesians 5.18 where he says, do not get drunk with wine. He's talking about how that alters you in a way that then is not being filled with the spirit. And when he says be filled with the spirit instead, what is he comparing that to? When you and I are 
filled with the Spirit, we are going to talk differently. We are going to walk differently. And we see that so clearly. When we see Peter, when at one time, when, after Jesus was arrested, and he was scared, and he told the servant girl, no, no, I'm not with him, I'm not with him, I'm not with him. Then we saw Peter after he had received the filling of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And what did he do? He stood up. He didn't care who heard. And he proclaimed the gospel. The Lord is needing every single one of us to not live wasteful lives, but rather be filled with the Spirit because the Spirit has work to do. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said very clearly, friends, I hope that we're, I pray that the Spirit is just anointing the scriptures and the words today because it's critical. It will alter our lives if we allow the Spirit to teach us. Acts 1.8, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, when he gathered them together in verse 4, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. He commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait, wait for what the Spirit, for what the Father has promised, which you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized not many days from now with the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait, wait before you make that phone call. Wait before you say those words. Wait before you buy that thing, wait before you just make that decision that's going to affect whether or not you move, wait before you decide. Many things we just do, but there is a word here that Jesus says, and it is the word wait. And why did he want the disciples to wait? He wanted the disciples to wait for this, the Holy Spirit in them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about how to grow in Christ or to be saved, visit www.debbietaylorwilliams.com. Connect with me on Instagram at Debbie Taylor Williams. God bless you.